The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We are on episode number 1,523, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. So I talked about us going and do the Solo A Star Wars Story Expanded Edition, but instead, we're going to do Last Shot first, all right? So Last Shot came out back in April, just before the release of Solo A Star Wars Story, and we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but I think we should probably dig into this first before we talk about Solo A Star Wars Story, the Expanded Edition, the novelization from the movie. And so, here's the thing. First of all, spoiler alert, right? (laughs) I mean, it's been multiple months, so you probably don't need the spoiler alert, but I've got seven top takeaways from you. And here's the thing. The whole fractured narrative thing, this seems to be a thing that's happening with Star Wars novels. It was a fractured narrative with Thrawn Alliances, and even before that came out, it was a fractured narrative with Last Shot, where... It jumps all over the place between four different storylines, between one that takes place 20 years prior to the current year storyline, and then 15 years, and then 10 years, and then, you know, in the now, and the now actually happens in approximately 7 ABY, between 7 and 8 ABY. So instead of reading it as a fractured narrative like I did with Thrawn Alliances, I decided that I was just going to fracture the narrative or or reintegrate the narrative, if you will, and read Last Shot as though it was written in chronological order. And so we're also going to do the podcast in a different way. Instead of doing it the normal way that we do it, we're going to go through those three different time periods, uh, four actually, come to think of it, and we're going to give you the top takeaways from those time periods. So the novel first starts out in, let's see, do the math, 13 BBY, so it actually takes place before the events of Solo A Star Wars Story, and it centers on the planet Utapo, and that would be, of course, the place that we saw in Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi and General Grievous had their final showdown, and so your first top takeaway is the introduction of our villain in the story, Faison Gore, and Faison Gore is, at the time of the beginning of the chronology of the story, a promising medical student, the most promising one in his class, and we get to see him in medical school one day before fate intervenes, and it's actually a rather shocking scene in its way. They are dissecting a live but sedated Genosian, and so you get to see, you know, an actual working Genosian body, basically, or the medical students do, and sedated presumably meaning that he's not feeling any pain or anything like that, I hope, but wow, like a rather gruesome kickoff to the introduction of how the Powans are actually learning their medical studies. Anyway, your second top takeaway has to do with the fact that the fate intervening is the kidnapping of Faison Gore and his best friend, the other promising medical student, whose name is Gristo, by a Powan gang called Wandering Star. Now, 
Apparently, most of the Powans are happily ensconced thousands of meters below the surface, and it's all the bad guys that are running wild on the surface, so they think they're safe down there, but apparently they're not. So they get kidnapped and taken off to God knows where. Well, Gristo thinks he knows where they're going, and unfortunately, Gristo gets killed for his trouble. Wandering Star doesn't like people who talk too much. They just want their medical students to be there for whatever medical purposes they've kidnapped them. And then fate intervenes again, and your third top takeaway is that they are ambushed, this wandering star group, by another group called the Utai, and <laughs> there's a roadblock, and they decide to accelerate and ram into the roadblock. Stupid idea. Everybody dies, basically, with the exception of... Fizengor, and a medical droid, and Gristo has survived getting shot, but just barely. And so, out of everybody between the Wandering Star gangsters and the Utai gangsters, some of whom get shot by Fizengor in his panic over the situation, and there's one Utai guy who ends up surviving, and they all go plodding off into the desert, and Fizengor says, you know, I'm never going back home again, period, paragraph, end of story. And so, in their time in the desert, Fizengor comes to an incredible conclusion that basically derives much of the whole story of the novel, which is that instead of giving mechanical limbs to organic people, why not give organic limbs to mechanical people? And so he figures out how to take the arm off of the still-living Gristo and give it to the medical droid who lost an arm inside the giant roadblock ramming and crashing and whatnot, and figuring out a way to let that arm be useful for as long as particularly possible. Obviously, it's going to decay once it's removed from the body, and it was decaying anyway, but to try to um, come up with a fluid that would be similar enough to Powan blood that it could still be of use and to, you know, have a pump be able to drive that fluid through it, well, that's what ends up happening. And the first attempt at putting an organic arm on a droid seems to work. So that is sort of the major driver of Fizen Gore's hero's journey, if you will. And what happens next gets even crazier. It happens two years later, and I'm going to tell you all about it after a quick word about our friends at Nissan. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Have you ever wanted to take a Landspeeder for a spin, or maybe even the Millennium Falcon itself? Well, here's the next best thing. You can make your own custom Solo A Star Wars Story-inspired Nissan with the Best in Galaxy Customizer. Just go to SW7x7.com custom to customize and share your own Star Wars-inspired vehicle. And don't forget, Solo A Star Wars Story is coming home on digital September 14th, Blu-ray September 25th, and new on 4K Ultra HD as well. Welcome back. So... Two years later, here's your fifth top takeaway, Fizengor has 14 droids now that have a variety of organic replacement limbs. He's been raiding neighboring colonies, gangs, whatnot, and stealing their young in some cases and butchering them. It does say the word butchering in the novel, butchering them for parts, which is rather shocking in its way. There were other medical droids in the hold of that transport that they had been riding in in that initial roadblock ramming situation. So most of the droids, it sounds like, came from there, but there's a reference to an original dozen. And so it seems like, you know, that there, if there are 14 of them, that he managed to pick up a couple more somewhere else, but we don't know where that happened from. So anyway, those 
groups of droids, uh, that 14 set of droids, they are laying waste to anyone who comes around trying to deal with them or uh, get payback for all the people that they're stealing and the body parts that they're harvesting. And Fizengor's whole rationale is that, you know, droids are finite, but organic material is infinite and so why would you ever take from a droid to you know build you know part on another droid that would be a sin he believes it's a sin and he would think it thinks it's much more proper and correct to take from organics to restore droids so your sixth talk takeaway is that Wandering Star comes back and comes back finally two years later in much greater numbers and with greater force in the leadership of a guy named Klee Pastyra. And Klee says, okay, yeah, we've heard that there's been some crazy stuff going out here, but we wanted to see if it was true. And four of the droids end up massacring a bunch of the Wandering Star people, but Bison suspects that this was part of the plan. And a couple of gunships show up and ultimately wipe out the fighting droids and the fighting Wandering Star people, which makes Fizen Gore completely and terribly upset and he realizes that he's been outmaneuvered by Wandering Star who wants to take Fizengor away, find out what he's learned and make him build more crazy organic people for, you know, organic army people for Wandering Star. And so your seventh final takeaway from this section is that Fizengor realizes that he's been outflanked, outmatched. He has to survive this battle because any defeat that he survives is a victory if he learns from it. That's his rationale. And he says that he is just going to unleash the most horrible thing he possibly can on this terrible sinful world and that the whole point of him acquiescing in this moment is so that he can find a way to get his revenge and make it the most horrible terrible catastrophic thing that you can imagine apocalyptic and you know it's really strange in a way because as he's meditating before he eventually gives the organic arm to his first droid he's talking to himself about how you know, how, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the injustice of sending droids into battle only to have them be you know, defeated by cannons and sabers and whatnot. But it's exactly what he's doing, actually. Even though he's giving them organic parts and trying to save them, he's still sending him into battle on his behalf anyway. So, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe he thinks it's better because he wants droids to prosper and survive and the people who were sending droids into battle, like the Trade Federation previously, weren't doing it just because they wanted droids to succeed. They just used them for cannon fodder and that was it. But anyway, that is the genesis of Fizengor and his journey and how he is going to decide that droids need to rule this galaxy and how he is going to be the instrument of the disaster for everyone else involved. And that is going to do it for our first stop in our tour about Last Shot. So, thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and if you're not subscribing, then hey, by all means subscribe wherever you're getting this episode, so that way you can get the rest of our top takeaways from Last Shot and prepare you for our dive into the solo expanded edition novelization. <laughs> and one last thing, if you're not yet a patron of the podcast, if you don't support the podcast on Patreon, then by all means, if you are enjoying this, then please do consider putting a tip in the tip jar. It's at patreon.com slash SW7X7. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash SW7X7. 
And now it just remains for me to say thank you so much once again for joining me for this episode, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.